Mickey Ellison Show, Wednesdays at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern, on Voice America Variety. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. All right, settle down, people. We've got a lot to cover, and time is short. And it's doggy style. I've got another puzzle for you. If you are wise, you'll listen to gas, man. How the hell do they know that I got gas? A giant, hairy creature, part ape, part man. Indians call him Gas Man. Get, 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 get a lick of this loving. Man, you got to check it out. It'll boogie woogie on your brain. Hate on me for making this song. Got gas on your mind. Some people have said that you're retarded, not me. And my grandmother said to this woman, We're going to do that gas thing? Yeah, we're going to do the gas thing. Laugh out loud. You animal, you ungrateful. You cannibal, eat my soul. Impossible way to love you. Incredible love I show. Unstoppable situation. Decided by my control. Illusion, you feed me fiction. I'm still begging you, please don't go.
Flower here. It's voiceamerica.com and you're going global with gas, man. It's your Saturday night afternoon. Excuse me. It's 1 p.m. Pacific time. So well, it's nighttime somewhere, right? My name is Kevin Gassman. Of course, you can call me gas. It's all good. And we're hanging out with you until 3 p.m. Pacific. Got some great music to play for you this uh, next couple hours. And I'm flying solo. I am uh, just me, myself and I. Yes, all three of us will be hanging out with you, playing some great music. Now, if you want to input, you can always send me an email. Kevin at withgas.com. There's two S's there, withgas.com. Send me those emails and let me know what bands I should be playing here on this program. We're helping out independent bands, uh, bands from all around the world, basically. So we're going to go there as uh, we just play Bad Flower from Los Angeles. They're actually from Northridge, and uh, they are a band that uh, is from a city that I'm, I grew up in, which is pretty cool. And, and it was, what, 2012, we were on our way to South by Southwest in Austin, Texas, and we were in a stop in Texas somewhere. And we were at this uh, Sonic Burger, and my co-host at the time, Cindy Love, was there. And I didn't want to eat the Sonic Burger. I ended up like wanting to go to a Subway, but uh, there was a bunch of guys there, and she ended up striking up a conversation with them. Turns out they're this band, Bad Flower, and they're from my hometown, Northridge, California, and they're just really cool guys. So that tune is called Animal. Check them out if you can. Bad Flower is their name, and uh, we got like I said, we're gonna have a. Uh, Great couple hours of music. I'll also be playing some interviews that I had when I was in Montreal a few weeks ago for the Just for Laughs Festival. I ended up meeting up a few comedians and a couple locals in Montreal. We'll talk about the comedy scene out there because that's what Going Global with Gas is. It's music, comedy, and life is what we're doing every Saturday on VoiceAmerica.com Variety Channel. So I don't want to waste any time. This is a brand new tune from a reggae band here in Phoenix, Arizona called Pride Through Strife. Now, it's a four-piece band. However, three of them are triplets. Yeah, two of them look alike. The other one doesn't. So they were, it was a different seed inside the belly of their mom. Two came out identical and one didn't. One, and the one that didn't, his, his name's Aaron. It's Gabe and Josh and Aaron. So Aaron's like... Like almost six foot two, and Gabe and Josh are around like five foot ten. It's really weird how it kind of works out that way, but they all came out at the same time. I can't remember who's who was first or not, but they make some great music. And this one's called Two Fingers. So we'll take a listen to this, chill out a little bit. We'll come back. I got some uh, reviews of uh, some TV commercials. Uh, let's see, uh, Stand Up to Cancer was last night. We'll talk about that. And what else? I guess we'll have to wait and find out. So don't go anywhere. Let's jam out some reggae rock and going global with gas man continues on. 
I love that tune. Fairy Bones with Like Like. Yeah, Fairy Bones is the band from Phoenix, Arizona, and that, that is Like Like. And by the way, Chelsea Louise, the singer of that band, happy birthday. It was a couple days ago, but thought I'd play a song for her today here on Going Global with Gas Man, the voiceamerica.com variety channel every Saturday from 1 to 3 p.m. Pacific time. So make sure you mark that down. You can always catch the the replays, I guess, the on-demand plays over there on the website. And it's on iTunes as well. So there's no excuse for you not catching up on some of the shows we've had in the past, whether it's a van. Like last week, we had the Black Moods with us. We also talked football with Michael Caratzenuto. All that is up there online. Every band that I've had so far in here, we've been on the air since January. Yeah, the end of January was my first show. I think it was the 28th, and uh, we've been going strong ever since. Except I did take a couple weeks off in the in the month of uh, July to August. So what I did there is I drove to Montreal. I had a fundraiser going on, fillmytank.org. It was a GoFundMe account, and I raised some money to uh, help me get to Montreal for the Just for Laughs Comedy Festival. And uh, I ended up meeting a few uh, people up there. Well, a lot of people, actually. It was a lot of fun, and it was a good times. It's like the biggest comedy festival in the world and it's every year over there in montreal and it was a six thousand mile round trip well six thousand and ninety eight i think it was a round trip excursion as i went through uh utah went to moab through denver through nebraska iowa chicago illinois iowa or indiana iowa and uh pennsylvania new york and then finally Montreal. So some of the interviews that I did up there, I will play for you a little bit later on in this program too. So looking forward to that. And uh, I was watching TV the other day and it just kind of dawned on me, you know, those car commercials, every single car commercial, you see, you know, the car doing like extraordinary things, right? And then they put up the do not attempt sign. So I don't get it. Why are they telling us do not attempt what you see on TV, but yet buy our car and do the things you can't do what you see on TV. You know what I'm saying? It's like really weird. I don't get it. You're showing me all these fun things you can do with the car, but we're not allowed to do them. So what's the point? I mean, I guess the point would be just like have a car commercial where you're stuck in traffic, enjoying the luxuries of that car. That's the only thing I can really think of because I'm not allowed to do a loop with my car. I'm not allowed to drive around like a maniac down the street and everything like that. So it doesn't make any sense to me. Do not attempt. I don't know. Just an observation. We're going to play another birthday song for... Becky Friesen. She's in the band Dominica out of Los Angeles. It's a little bit hard rocking tune. I love this stuff, and she's an amazing singer, and I hope uh, good things will come their way as you hear Hailstorm and Evanescence and everything like that. And this one, these band uh, is, is right there with them. So check out Dominica. Above Me is the tune, and it's right here on Going Global with Gas. Man.
keep our composure. We've come too far. There's too much to lose. We've got to keep our composure.
Strange Young Things. It's Dabble in the Mix, new music from right here in Phoenix, Arizona, where we broadcast from as you go global with gas, man, on the voiceamerica.com variety channel every Saturday from 1 to 3 p.m. And uh, at specific time, by the way, my name is Kevin Gassman. Of course, you can call me Gas. It's all good. I'm writing solo today. There's nobody in studio. It's just me, myself, and I, like I said. So this is something we haven't done yet on the show. I've always had someone at least help me out. So it's just different. I'm going to play a lot of music today. You don't need to hear me babble around too much. But I do want to talk about this, though. The Stand Up to Cancer was last night, and it was like every single channel was on it. I don't know if you uh, had a chance to check it out or not. And I was flipping back and forth between that and uh, what was I watching? Uh, All in the Family, I think it was, because uh, I just had more substance, I think. I don't know. I, I was a little confused on what that show was about. Stand Up to Cancer, I don't... You know, look, we can sit there and talk about how bad it is. And yes, and F cancer, it's terrible. I mean, but what are you standing up to? I mean, in a sense, what you're standing up to is no more processed food, no more sodas, no more anything bad. So if you're going to stand up to cancer, you got to stand up to the products that are being sold to us. That's what you got to stand up to. You got to stand up to cell phones that are causing brain cancer. You got to stop selling everything that just hurts us. That's what stand up, that, that, to me, that's what it means. I don't know about you guys, but if you're standing up, yeah, I mean, like, who's, like, against it? Who's like, well, I'm for cancer, you know? I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Everybody's against it. Everybody stands up to it. And I got to hear all these sad stories. But in essence, treat yourself better. Eat better food and this and that. And that's how you do it. It's not by listening to sad stories. It's not by watching a TV show about it. It's about standing up to the big businesses that are poisoning us. That's what it comes down to. I don't know what else to say about that. That's pretty much what it comes down to. Um, you're going global gas, man. We're going to play some more music, and then we'll come back with some interviews from my Montreal Just for Laughs Festival. So where am I going to play? What am I going to start here? I think Scattered Melodies is a band I've played here before, but they have brand new music. I'm really excited to play it. This one's called Carne Asada, and it's featuring Jack Howell. So let's take a listen to this. We'll come back, and my interviews from Just for Laughs will be on their way. Faster than the speed limit if you know what I mean
red line Hearing her scream, I know she's all mine Whether it's three on the tree or a six-speed always works for me Don't be afraid to get her dirty Good Lord, have some mercy You call it a need for speed But it's more like she's got that need for me Okay, two and four kings. That's good, yes? No, no, you got too many kings. Oh. So you gotta get rid of these. Here, oh. we'll take three of these kings out, and we'll replace them with three fresh cards. Oh, okay. Sounds good. Uh,
going global with gas, man. Here on VoiceAmerica.com, the Variety Channel. Forgot that song ended like that. All right, we are here for you until 3 p.m. Pacific time, and I say we. It's the royal we, me, myself, and I, and we're hanging out with you. Until then, it's just that's it. Yeah, there's nobody else hanging out with me, so I'm going to play some interviews that I had done when I was in Montreal a few weeks ago for the Just for Laughs Festival. So we're going to start this off with Adrienne Truscott. Now, she is a comedian from New York, and she does a one-woman play. And it's very controversial, and she's going to talk about it, and I'm going to play it for you guys, and buckle up. Here's Adrian Truscott from Montreal's Just for Laughs. We're broadcasting live from the Montreal Just for Laughs Festival, and I have a very interesting comedian here. Would you consider yourself a comedian? Yes. Because you have an interesting show, and I I need to read the title here. It's Adrian Truscott's Asking for It. It's it's Adrian Truscott's Asking for It, a one-lady rape about comedy starring her Pussy and little else. That's right. That's me. I just wanted something short and catchy. <laughs> so, obviously, I think, you know, we talk about the climate of comedy these days and how sensitive people are and the, uh, you know, the um, politically correct agenda, I guess, we're supposed to be following. So, this kind of goes against it, it seems like. Is this something you're trying to educate people on and it's okay to laugh about these things? Or what, what is really uh, behind what you're doing? Um, I think I just wanted to make a show that sort of took on like, yeah, you can joke about anything because I think you can, but you could also choose how you joke about stuff. Like just because you're allowed to say anything doesn't mean you have to say really stupid shit, which is out there as well. It's, it's a real delicate line, right? Yeah. It's that fine line. So how did you, how do you balance on that line without going overboard and really upsetting people? Um, I, I mean, I think, I hope I just made smart jokes that um, come from maybe a different place that aren't out there already. Like, uh, it's more like a commentary on how you joke about stuff, a little bit, you know. And I have some questionable jokes in my show, um, but uh, I'm as interested in thinking about, like, how comedy works and what we can and can't say as I am about just only talking about that. So I just kind of use that because of the climate um, to not only question what we can joke about but also put some other jokes out there like there are a lot of dudes doing rape jokes that i think are gross and not clever that's their prerogative they can do them all night long but i think mine are a little different <laughs> well, i think coming from a female too is different i personally it, i don't think certain comedians don't need to go there it's not necessary i think they go there for the shock value just to kind of just say well yeah. everyone's doing this and everything like that but when you when you chose rape were there any other subjects that were uh, delicate to talk about that you were going to go down or was was this the one you wanted i think this was the one i wanted because it, it um it was on my mind anyway and uh I find, like, there's so much talk around it and, like, legislation around it and stupidity around it that that's, like, really fertile ground for making fun of to me. Like, the nimrods out there who are making really lazy jokes about it are kind, and, and who think they're really edgy, that's hilarious to me. Wait, are these politicians or comedians? Both. <laughs> Both. Uh, that said, there's also some uh, comedians out there making jokes about rape that I think are really sharp and progressive and funny from a political point of view and a comedic point of view. But, you know, I touch on, like, race and other topics that you're not supposed to joke about in my show, just to sort of say, like, oh, God, who gets nervous about what, you know? So how long has the show been going on? Um, just about a year. I, uh, I finished it and took it to Edinburgh Fringe last August. That's so. really cool. Good for you on that. So, I, so obviously, it drew a lot of buzz right off the bat. I mean, would yeah. it, have you uh, upset any people coming to the show? Have people walked out on you? 
Um, not really. It's a pretty, uh, it might be hard to believe, but it's a pretty lighthearted show. I do it with no pants on. So I wear a shirt and some shoes, but nothing else. A little makeup. Um, uh, which is also sort of, you know, there's a couple layers in that because it's called asking for it. So that's sort of an asking for it type outfit. But it's also a really ridiculous looking costume. So it's funny. Yeah, you know, I'm reminded of George Carlin had a really big bit about rape and how you can make fun of it. Thinking that I think there's more rape at the south or the equator than there is in the North Pole or vice versa, whatever it was. And, you know, he, he bounced around, he balanced around it. And it was really funny, really uh, smart, obviously, yeah. too. So um, when, when you're going that direction, you know, plus, plus saying on, you know, you're nude on stage or half nude on stage. Yeah. Um, yeah, asking for it is pretty much like kind of a common uh, bottom denominator, I think, for people to think yeah. about when when uh, w- when women do get raped in situations where they're, oh, well, they, they were asking for this and that. So about that, I mean, how, uh, what going in that direction, asking for it, what was that for you as far as uh, like trying to go in that angle? Um, well, I, th- I think, and I think most women know and smart men know that that idea is completely retarded. Like, and the easiest way one could prove that is you could go like, like in India where women don't drive, they don't, you know, some women don't drive, they don't party, they don't go out, they're dressed from head to toe and they get raped like crazy. So like that, it just, there's nothing true about that. So I was trying to make an outfit that was, yeah, provocative and gimmicky for sure. Um, and ludicrous because um, I'm a goofball and also sort of going well here I am look I'm all gussied up I look I'm a good time girl I'm drink I drink on stage as most comedians do not all but um, and I'm dancing around and flirty and having a good time so in theory that could get me in a whole lot of trouble by the end of my show uh, well yeah have you been but in it's really only going to get me in trouble if there's a rapist in my audience God. Well, it's, well, it's not like I'm going to just get, I can't rape myself. God knows I've tried, but I can't. Well, I was just thinking, like, have you ever been approached by uh, some guys after the show and like, hey, honey, let's get a drink or something? Um, it's pretty remarkable. Uh, one little consistent thing is I'll have a dude who will heckle me. It doesn't happen very often, but what, there's, it's, it, but it's consistent. It's the guy who will heckle me, and then I'll sort of have to dispatch of him pretty quickly, you know. Um, and then that's always the guy who, when I come out, is like, hey, let me get you a drink. And you're like, dude, what world are you living in where you think you can heckle the rape lady and then she wants to spend a little more quality time with you? Like, that was the, like, you know, the airtight world of illusion that that man's living in. Right. Like, all, you know, props to him because it must be good in there. <laughs> but doesn't that bother you, though, like these like, guys just don't get it, you know? And obviously this guy didn't get it. Yeah, but I think, you know, I think a lot of guys do. Uh, I'm not saying, like, my show is like, now do you understand? Great, fellas. We're done. Right. No more rape. Um, you know, but uh, um, I, th- I do think, like, whatever. I've used comedy since I was a little kid to diffuse situations, you know? And I think a lot of comics know deep, deep down that comedy can be the most brilliant way to talk about really awkward, heavy, weird shit. Like, all, you know, most of the comics we consider the greats, they always tread in dodgy water. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of darkness in comedy, there's no doubt. So this show's... I actually opened my show with a quote from Carlin. He's projected on my belly, and my pubic hair is his beard. And it's... Uh, so, and I open with a quote because I think he puts it out there uh, with all his, like, you know, First Amendment freedom of speech angle stuff. 
uh, he really presents like, a, yeah, I can joke about anything. And that's sort of my point, too. But I also say, but you don't have to be a fuckwit when you joke about it. Right. You could do, be smart. That's really cool. I appreciate your time with me. Uh, no, it's okay. I'll edit that out. Do um, you want to send people to a website or anything? Um, yeah, sure. AdrianTruscott.com. I don't even know if it's up right now, but it's under construction. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Hey, congratulations on driving from Phoenix. That's awesome. Yeah, well, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, it was quite, quite the drive. I bet. Yeah, it was good times. All right. Well, I appreciate it, Adrian. Thank you so much. Absolutely. All right. Yeah, that was a tough uh, topic for me to actually talk about, too, just going out there. As you see, I wasn't editing that one for this program. It was for my radio show. But really interesting woman. And if you can, check it out online and get uh, get to see what she actually does on stage. It's, yeah, it's pretty interesting stuff, man. All right, well, you're going global with gas, man. We're going to continue on uh, another interview that I did over there in Montreal. This is from uh, Gianni Marico. I probably, I'm saying it like in a Spanish name, but he's French-Canadian. <laughs> he's from Montreal, Gianni Marico. And he uh, does a show up there. He does a radio show. He's just kind of a, a, a stand-up comic in the making, I guess you can say. But this will give us a good insight to what the scene is like in Montreal. And uh, at the end of it, he gives me a drop from my radio show. But, you know, ne never mind that part. It's still kind of funny because I asked him to do it in French. But here's uh, Gianni Marico, and it's Montreal-Comedy.com is his website. But we'll talk about that here on Going Global with Gas Man. Gianni Marico, excellent, from Montreal. What, what is your website? It's Montreal-Comedy.com. And this is new. You, you have a big camera set up. You have a thing going on. So what are you doing um, with your website? Well, basically, it says MontrealComedy.com, and I'm, I'm, I will get around to interviewing some of the Montreal comedians, but I'm focusing a little bit on my comedy snobbishness. I basically love, uh, my, my style of comedy comes out of the uh, Colin Quinn crew and the Opie and Anthony uh, radio show. <clears throat> Sorry. So it's a lot of uh, guys that have appeared on Tough Crowd, uh, gr gal, uh, gr uh, girls as well, like uh, uh, I would say Bonnie McFarlane, uh, Lynn Coplitz, you know, from the girl side. And, uh, and Aparna Nancharla, uh, she's, um, she's not in this group of older people, but uh, I find her comedy quite funny. And uh, so that's like the female side. And uh, the rest would be Colin Quinn and his crew, Patrice O'Neill, Greg Giraldo, uh, Jim Norton, Rich Voss, Bobby Kelly, Billy Burr. The, that, that crew that, that was kind of shepherded by uh, the, that I like to call the Colin Quinn crew. That's really cool because, I mean, that sounds, I mean, because those guys are, they're raw, they're real, they're, they're, they're truthful they're, with their words. And uh, you living here in Montreal, do, is it, do you not get that? Is that why it's appealing to you? Um, no, you get it. You have some great comedians here. Uh, two of my favorites, I'll tell you right now. They're, they're, uh, one is appearing here. His name is Morgan O'Shea, and I really love his work. And another guy would be Patrick Akeem, who uh, was living here and has now moved to Toronto to get like a bigger audience and, and whatnot. So those are the two that kind of you know shine in my eyes. And then, of course, there's lesser known. I don't know if you know uh, Harris Stanton. Harris Stanton is a comedian that used to open for Patrice O'Neill and was actually opening for Tracy Morgan at the time that the accident happened and actually the, the bus had flipped, uh, their, their limousine bus had flipped over. And uh, I like his comedy, Hannibal Burress. I really got into the Pete Holmes and uh, the Pete Holmes show. I thought that was, a, that was a cool show that was a little bit different. 
and I found that very interesting, and I'm, I'm sad to hear that it's been cancelled. You know, I saw him this morning on Opie and Anthony, so, uh, oh, I forgot to mention David Tell in that group, and... Uh, I, well, let's talk about Montreal here, then, the comedy scene. So, I mean, to move to Toronto to get a bigger audience, what is the regular scene of comedy in Montreal? Is it not as strong? I mean, you got the biggest comedy festival in the world, you know, every year. Uh, I would say that basically, yeah, you got the biggest comedy festival in the world, but this isn't, this isn't New York. It's not Boston, actually. You know, Boston has a major comedy, uh, from people I've been talking to, some of the heaviest names that come out are like uh, from Boston and LA, of course. So Toronto's like a New York, Toronto's kind of like an LA, so I, it makes sense to go out there and get more exposure. Um, we had a club that closed down here, which makes no sense. It was called the Comedy Works, and it was your prototypical uh, brick backing, uh, uh, brick wall comedy club. And uh, but something, and, and you also have the Comedy Nest. And one thing that I've, uh, something like an anomaly, so it's, it's nice that you're interviewing me because it's something I'm picking up on the city. <clears throat> Sorry, I, uh, I'm a smoker. Uh, what's been happening is that basically these little, like a, a, another place called the Comedy Hostels popping up on Thursdays, these little things are sprouting over the city. Uh, like uh, Théâtre St. Catherine, which doesn't have a lot of seating, but it's very intimate. Uh, so, and a lot of people are doing shows in these different venues. So it's almost like this little magical thing is happening. Like uh, comedians are starting to. Uh, I, I think the scene's getting bigger than it used to be. But it's, it sounds like it's coming more of an underground as opposed to big clubs popping open. Yeah, like uh, the Comedy Works was a medium size. I, I, I don't know how many seats, but it wasn't a big uh, wasn't a big club. The Comedy Nest is a little bit bigger. And yeah, it's like something is coming out of the ground. And uh, I'm also noticing that there's far more comedians uh, than there used to be in the past. That almost seems, I think, everywhere. You know, everyone sees it on TV, podcasting, and then you get everyone getting excited. Well, I can do that too, you know, but I get the, do you do stand up at all? I'm 38 years old, and I'll probably run off to Ottawa with a buddy of mine who's, who's ha has two kids. Uh, and has, uh, how do you say it, uh, had let go of comedy for a while. And I brought him here yesterday. Uh, I was here with my friend Guido Grasso, who's a comedian, a very good comedian as well. And uh, my friend Pino Perillo, we came down here because I'm here for the, for the duration. But they came and their head exploded. I mean, this one guy has two kids, so he, had, he put it on the back burner completely. Uh, I hooked up with him on Facebook and then all of a sudden it's like, all right, I'll come with you for the day. Like, I'll take a day off work. And I'll I'll come out there, and basically he's like, oh come on Johnny, what do, do we do? What, what do we do? I'm like I don't I don't feel comfortable really going uh, and doing an open mic in my own city. What I'd really like to do is uh, maybe head on down to Ottawa and do an open mic there. Like if they have one or two nights that are back to back, maybe go and go and try that out. At 38, <laughs> mind you, that's all being said while uh, Rodney Dangerfield really started cracking at 42. So I don't feel so bad. And if I can have a nice polished set, better a polished set at 38, because uh, I enjoy my life. This is not the only thing I do, but I, I'm moving into doing the podcasting, and I'd like to do some comedy, but I have a lot of interests. This is a major one, but uh, yeah, I definitely would leave the city to go do my first open mic. That's great. I was 38 when I started my comedy, by the way. 
Okay, so see, we can do it. We can do it. It can be done. You can do it any any time of life. You can start doing it for sure. So uh, throw out your website again. It's Montreal-Comedy.com, and I'm basically. Um, I mean, I'm also. It's. I'm a writer, director. I want to get into production. I want to produce specials, and then you know, moving on to sales and promotion. Well, good luck with all that, man. I appreciate it, and thanks for joining me on the show. I wanted to ask you one question before we leave. What are your top three comics? My top two or three? Three. Top three, I would say George Carlin, Louis C.K., and I'll, put, I'll pop a new buddy, a new, a new face in there. I, I really like Aziz Ansari. Yeah, Aziz rocks. So, so does Louis. Carlin, at the end, I found was just a, a little... Yeah, just a little, a little too much social commentary, which is great, but I don't know if it's comedy at, at the end, but I do respect all his previous work. For sure. I, I couldn't agree with you more, man. Uh, complaints and grievances was more just an old man bitching. <laughs> well, thank you very much. I appreciate it very, very, very much. Oh, uh, and a shout-out to the Tempe Improv. That's all I hear about is this Tempe Improv <laughs> that everybody talks about out there. And uh, keep rocking, man. It's a beautiful club out there. Hey, um, can you, in French, can you say... Um, Driving, you're driving with gas, man. Um, ooh, you really, you're, now you've got me on the spot. Vous conduisez avec la benzine. Vous conduisez avec la benzine, monsieur. I love it, man. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. <laughs> right on, man. <laughs> Yeah, he was a really cool dude. He helped me out get a couple interviews as well. Uh, if you should check out his uh, website again, Montreal-Comedy.com, uh, Gianni uh, Mariko, and uh, just a lot of fun uh, hanging out with him. Love the accent, too, by the way. It's really cool. All right, so I'm going to play a couple tunes. We'll come back. i got a couple more interviews coming up with uh, 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 more comedians. We'll be uh, from the Montreal Just for Laughs Festival um, when we come back next hour, but I want to jam a tune from Ruka, and the tune is called Flow. We're going to go with it right here. I'm going global with gas, man. Days it seems are all about stress, but I'm not down for that. Yeah, fools be damned on what I am, no matter where I'm at. I'm gone. Another day, and the same old things keep clouding up my mind. Discovering a brand new me is what I hope to find Situation monotony I'm gonna let that take the best of me And flow, flow, chase my curiosity And flow, flow, any opportunity to flow
looking at my mother's old douchebag, but that's in Ohio.
Rob Randolph Band and words you say here on Going Global with Gas. Man, it is your Saturday afternoon. We're embarking our second hour. Just till 3 p.m. Pacific time, so that's coming up very soon. I got a couple more interviews. We'll, we'll play from the Montreal Just for Last Festival that I was there a few weeks ago. Well, I guess now about a month ago. So it was a great time, man. What a great experience driving across country and uh, getting to meet some new people and new faces and uh, getting them uh, on the radio show. So, well, speaking of that, uh, you know, I uh, do radio during the week. But, however, uh, yesterday uh, was my last day on the radio station that I volunteer at in Phoenix, Arizona. It's been nine years that I was doing my show called Driving with Gas. And I ended up uh, just I'm leaving the station and uh, I'm on my own now. So just doing this show at the moment. And uh, I'm liking it, man. It's just, but it's been a tough decision to leave after nine years of volunteer radio. I don't know if you ever volunteered anywhere, but uh, it was a pleasure to be a part of the local music scene in Phoenix, Arizona, the independent scene all across the world as well, because we've got a lot of bands coming through Phoenix, ended up meeting up with them and playing their music as well. So it's, uh, it's been a nice, long run, but it's time to move on. And uh, we're going to continue on here with uh, Going Global with Gas Man. And uh, we'll play some more music, and that's what we're going to do here. That's what we always do on this show. So if there's any music you want to play or be heard on this program, we'd like to help support bands that need the help. And you can send me emails, kevin at withgas.com. There's two S's there, withgas.com. Send me those emails. Let me know what bands you'd like to hear on this program. And we're going all over the place. So it doesn't matter if it's heavy metal, if it's chill music like we just played, or reggae music. Um, we probably won't be playing a lot of dance music, I'll just be honest with you, because those aren't bands, you know what I'm saying? You know, Gene Simmons came out and said, rock is dead. Rock and roll is dead. Gene Simmons said it, but he's blaming the piracy of music on, on the internet as his as, uh, as, as, as proof that rock and roll is gone. I mean, I will admit that there's not a whole lot of rock and roll being sold to us right now. Not, I mean, and, and with the advent of the internet, it's so spread out that you don't know where to get your music from it's from all over the place you know back in the day it was limited you only had a few sources to hear your music which i'm sure the record labels loved because they had full control of what we're listening to now it's all over the place people don't go to the radio anymore to get their music they go online and you know you download your music for free so is rock dead i don't think rock is dead i think it's being buried under a lot of other jargon out there a lot of other genres i should say but that say it's dead is it's it's now rock will never die. I mean, let's all be honest with that, and let's be thankful for that it will never die. But Gene Simmons, um, you know, he's been around for a long time. So should we take his word with a grain of salt? Does he does he mean a lot of sense when he when he says that? I don't know. I I'm not a big Kiss fan, so personally, I think he can just you know fade away. <laughs> That's all I got to say. All right, let's play some of uh, the interview here. This is Joey Elias, comedian from Montreal. And if you don't know his name, well, you should. He's a very funny guy, and he's a very cool dude as well. He joined me up in Montreal. Here's my interview with Joey Elias. We got Joey Elias with us here as we uh, broadcast from the Montreal Just for Laughs Comedy Festival. Um, you are from Montreal, aren't you? Born and raised. That's really cool, man. And, you know, and this is like the largest comedy fest of the year. But yet, I was talking with uh, Giovanni earlier, or Gianni uh, earlier, that people go to Toronto for more uh, exposure as opposed to here in Montreal. Yeah, sometimes. But this is, you know, what the big misconception is is that Montreal is a French city, so everything's got to be in French, and that's not the case. The comedy scene in Montreal is amazing. Like, if anybody, this is uh, Phoenix, right, or somewhere in Arizona. I should mention I was supposed to be down there this weekend golfing. Oh, really? Yeah. You don't want to. It's 120,000 degrees. 
Uh, that's perfect. That's perfect. I'm a fat man. If I can sweat it off while swearing at a ball, that's perfect. Um, no, but Montreal's a great city. It's uh, fantastic. Obviously, Toronto's got you know more PR this year because of their mayor. Right. Okay. Rob, Rob, Rob. Yeah. So he's a raging alcoholic and stuff. And are you like jealous of that? You need something like that here in Montreal. Uh, well, it made me realize I can run for office. You know what I mean? Like, uh, if he can get elected, why can't I? I got same issues. <laughs> so let me ask you this. You know, I'm, I'm as I'm walking outside. There's a big outdoor stage, and there's comedy going on. The, the comedians on stage are, are speaking both English and French. So when you say it's really not as much of a French-speaking city, but when you do comedy, is it all in French or is it American rooms too? Uh, or English rooms. I only do English comedy, and uh, right now in Montreal, there's uh, two regular comedy clubs just in English. A bunch of one-nighters. So there's a, you know, the big misconception is that even though the English population in Montreal is, you know, about 350,000 out of 1.2, um, the comedy scene's great here. And I think, uh, you know, it's a great place to start, too, because the audiences are so educated because of the festival. So you know that if you're going to do well in Montreal, you're going to do all right anywhere. That sounds cool. And what about, like, as far as the mentality of comedy? And you've been in the States, you've done comedy there, so is it different? I mean, like, if an American comedian who's really not been here before, does the same material work? I'd imagine it would. Oh, yeah, it definitely works. You know what's interesting is uh, Canadians know more about American politics than we do about our own. You know what I mean? It's so weird. Like, also because you guys have real politicians that are entertaining. You know, we, you may not agree with them, you know, but... Hey, man, if I had, uh, you know, the, the Pauls, you know, in Canada, awesome. Are you kidding me? Like, we need, I love the Tea Party. Can I just say that? As, as a political junkie, I think the Tea Party is just phenomenal for, uh, for comedy. And it, and it translates up here, too, because, I mean, everybody knows. I don't care where you're from. Michelle Bachman's a loon. You know what I mean? Like, she's just, she looks a little psychotic um she says things that's that are psychotic so it's great yeah the americans have nothing to worry about coming up here she's, she's got the thousand yard stares which she has do you remember the runaway bride yes yeah she looks exactly like her it's almost like the runaway bride grew into her face and then <laughs> michelle bachman came out it was pretty funny that's why so rob ford has taken note from american politicians i guess well marion barry maybe from the 80s but um no, you know, my, this is a great festival. I love it. And, and for us, it's, I'm, I'm sure you're having fun, too. It's just, it's a big frat party. This is amazing. How long has this been going on for? Uh, I believe it's like 30, 35 years now. This is incredible. I was just over in Austin for the South by Southwest Music Festival, and this is just as almost equivalent to that. Are the women as good looking in Austin? It was pretty amazing, but not as good here. That's the one, people ask me all the time, how come you don't move? And, uh, I mean, I'm on the road a lot, but uh, one of the reasons I stay here is uh, the views are spectacular. My eyes have not been sad at all. And I'll just say this, because um, I'm, not, I'm assuming not a lot of French people listen to this down in Arizona. Um, if you show up, there's a, you know, to Montreal and you find a, a really sexy French-Canadian girl, uh, I don't want to stereotype, but a good magic trick will get you blown. <laughs> you gotta, well, tell me off air. <laughs> I want to I know it, man. So that's cool. So are you performing here in, uh, this weekend, or are you just uh, hanging out? Uh, my shows are actually, I have uh, four more shows, uh, one for HBO, and then uh, I did a TV taping earlier in the week and just a couple of warm-up sets, so the pressure's off now. You know, like now I just get to go back and sit and relax. I'm doing audience warm-up for the HBO tapings. 
So that's uh, no pressure. So it's just go do 10 minutes of jokes, watch a great show. Uh, you know what it is? Being an audience warm-up act is a lot like being Ringo in the Beatles, you know? Mediocre talent, great seats to a show. <laughs> I know a few audience warmer-uppers. Um, Eddie Brill's one for, the, uh, uh, for uh, Dave, David Letterman. And I know Gary Cannon is uh, a couple shows out in California. It's a great gig because, you, you know, uh, you get to do stand-up. But then you, you, you do. You get to hang out with all these great big names and stars, and they treat you like you're one, one of them, which is ridiculous. But isn't it, It's mostly audience work, though, isn't it? Yeah, that, well, that's my act a lot. I like interacting with the crowd. So I think that's kind of why they, they asked me. But also, you know, you got to go through the rules, like no cell phones and no, you know, stuff like that. But, um, but Funny as Hell is a great show on HBO, just showcasing amazing. I don't know if it's on HBO in the States. We have HBO Canada. So I think it's only here. But if people want to watch great comedy, I would, I would go online and watch. Um, is it just stand-up uh, routines? It's stand-ups uh, from all around the world. You know, uh, UK, uh, like they, they have themes. So tonight is the American lineup, and then uh, the late show is Aussies. Second show is Canadians. And then the third show, I think, is like a, a melange of wherever else you may be from. So it's kind of cool, you know? Yeah, that, that is cool, man. I, well, I thank you for uh, taking the time to hang out with us here. Uh, the show's called Driving with Gas, man, and it's in Phoenix, Arizona. So uh, you, you said you've been in Phoenix before? I have a buddy who lives in Scottsdale, okay. and I go visit him. And uh, I know there's a new comedy club opening up soon, so I should be down there. for House of Comedy. Right. So hopefully we're going to uh, – I'm going to be there with uh, my buddies, and I'll be golfing during the day, telling some jokes during the night. Just make sure it's outside of at least September. You know what? Uh, our yeah, I don't care. To be honest, if it's 145, I, I don't have to put on boots. You know what I mean? No, you don't. Right? You never have to. As a as a Canadian, I will never complain about the heat because I don't have to shovel uh, sunshine or rain. You know. Good point. <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate it. Thank you for your time. Hey, my pleasure. Absolutely, man. man. It's been a pleasure learning more about the scene here in Montreal. So. That's Joey Elias on uh, the show here, and he was a really cool dude. By the way, I videotaped these interviews, and if you want to find them, it's on YouTube. Radio Gas is the name of my channel. Radio Gas, it's one word, and there's two S's on gas. So Radio Gas, YouTube, and you'll be able to check out the uh, interviews that I did with Adrian Truscott, Gianni Marico, and Joey Elias. And then uh, now I'm going to play an interview with Haley Boyle, who is a comedian who I actually bumped into basically on the streets and we'll talk about that she gets into drugs she was homeless once very interesting conversation and she had her dog lily with her so if you want to see lily you have to go to the youtube page and check out radio gas again one word there and you can see the videos that i did with these uh, wonderful people that joined me and uh, while i was in montreal so here's Haley boyle and then we'll get to some music when we come back so check this out Montreal's Just for Laughs Comedy Festival. And last night I was walking down the street and I hear this voice behind me saying, Hey, you want to be my friend on Facebook? <laughs> Just passing out cards. Would you like a picture of me for your home or office? <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, this has got to be a comedian. And it turns out her name is Haley Boyle and she's from New York, but she lives in Los Angeles now. And you were on the Nasty Show last night. Yes, sir, I was. Yeah. I, I got to describe my vagina in detail to a 14 year old boy in the front row. Wait, he heckled you to find out? No, he didn't heckle me. I would just I went right to him. I was like, "Hey, Joshua." 
It's going to get educational. <laughs> nice. Uh, you know, it's funny is uh, I was, you know, we were walking down the street and I just I just met you. We were just chatting. It turns out you're actually coming into Phoenix, Arizona on the, uh, the 22nd and 23rd at the comedy spot. And I was like, what an it's ironic right there. And then everybody's just stopping you and going, you were awesome. You were great. And it's, that's, that's how, what a feeling that must be just walking down the street, people, you know, stopping you and uh, saying those. It's awesome. Are you kidding me? It's like the best. I, I love when I see my friends they are like, oh, my God, the public. Uh, and I'm like, really? Just love it up. Just random strangers coming up to you like, I just want to know that you're amazing. I'm like, thanks. And I really like your shirt. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, right on, right on. And you uh, brought your 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 little uh, dog with you, Lily. She keeps trying to get tangled up in your cords. I'm like, Lil, take a seat and just relax. Okay? She's so cute. What is she's a, a what kind of boxer is she? She's a Boston Terrier. A Boston Terrier. So I'm the way great, off. The greatest kind of dog in the world. And, and I hear uh, she's blind too. She's mostly blind. She has cataracts, so she can see some movement and like light and dark. But we're we're learning to cope. Um, it turns out if you are smart about it, it's not a big deal to have a blind dog. You thought about medicinal marijuana? Uh, well, uh, she hates smoke, but she did once find a marijuana cookie uh, while I was sleeping and eat it. And so the next morning I woke up and I went to wake her up to take her for a walk. And she just sat there and I like stood her up and she flopped back over. And I was like, oh, my God, what's wrong? with And then I saw the wrapper from the cookie and I was like, you little devil. And it was like the cutest slash saddest day ever because it was adorable but also like oh my god what did i do i poisoned my kid <laughs> like, she was like rolling back and forth and then when she started to wake up she wanted to play with her toy but she kept miscalculating so she would bump her face against the toy and then like gnash her teeth so it was like bump and then click <laughs> bump click and she couldn't coordinate it and yeah well, that's what they say so i one of those politicians was like i think it was actually the head of the dea uh, Michelle, I forgot her last name, but she was like, well, if marijuana is legal, then dogs will get killed. Wait, what? What? I'm sorry, what was her chain there? Did she elaborate? Like, because stoners just murder dogs? I don't understand. Stoners love dogs. They feed them whole pizzas. <laughs> yeah, Michelle Leinhardt's her name, and she's, that's what she said. If marijuana comes legal, dogs will die because they'll eat the brownies and, and the cookies. Well, the... First of all, if they eat brownies and cookies without marijuana in them, they're going to have terrible diarrhea from the chocolate. Eating it with marijuana in them is just, again, hilariously sad, but absolutely no more deadly than it would be to the many lab mice that have been huffing um, you know, pounds of marijuana and taking naps for since Nixon was in office. Are you kidding me? No, right. She's in charge of what now? Can we, that's, can we make her take some kind of basic science test? Like, ma'am, where is your nose? Can you show us where your nose is? Because you don't make any sense. I think we need to slip her a, uh, a brownie. Well, that's well, that's poisoning her. And also, let's not waste weed on that lady. Like, whoever she is, she like I very rarely am like, no, they can't have any. To the point where last night I let some weird, creepy French dude that was all drunk and weird and had too many earrings smoke from my hash oil. Because that's the rules. You're maca supa. But that lady, she can suck it. She's out of the cipher. And she's pulling the trigger. How about that, huh? Of course she is. Well, who else would want that job? Like, I just want to, like, you know, point guns at nice people and tie-dyes. Like, That's the thing. They're so misguided and everything. But you are you obviously on the Nasty Show last night, so your material is, uh, is on that edge, if you will. Is, is it always dirty and, and is it filthy or is it nasty? How would you explain your comedy? I would explain my comedy as aggressive. Uh, and that means whether it's uh, sexually aggressive or just me aggressive, you know, it's really... I like looking at myself in the video camera. It's not my best angle. 
Not my best angle. Look like Haley Seagal with my hair slicked back. Um, I, I would say that it's aggressive material. And, uh, and I like it that way. I like to be very aggressive about the truth. And so my material, yeah, is a lot of it, I, I wouldn't even say sexual, it's biological. Uh, like I talk about being a squirter, but not in a way that's going to give you a hard on. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it's, yeah, it's like a biology class with some personal uh, stories mixed in. Squirter and oozer? Well, uh, a little of each. Uh, it's hard to, I don't have time to go into the details of the nuances of my magical lady parts. It's, it's like a whole water and laser show down there. It's, have, you, have you always been comfortable on stage to talk about that, or is that something you kind of developed into? Uh, what I talk about on stage has never been an issue, but when I first started going on stage, I wasn't comfortable just being up there. I was scared out of my wits. The first time I went on stage, I heard nothing but my own heartbeat in my ears. Uh, so it took a while, and then all of a sudden I was like, oh wait, this is like the safest place in the room to be. I have the mic, I got the wall at my back, I'm the boss here, you know, like this is a great fighting position, higher ground, all the weaponry, like, so now I love it. Now I feel like I'm in my, like, Loch Lorien, you know, I'm like, oh, I can't be defeated. <laughs> well, it is, I mean, that's what your safety net is up there. So, but you're from New York originally, and you live out in L.A., so what, why the move? I, New York's got a great comedy scene out there. Well, first of all, I moved all over the place. I'm from New York, or originally I'm from Long Island, and then I moved to Alaska because I didn't really like living in New York. And so everyone thinks of me as being from Alaska because my personality and values match being from Alaska. And um, I moved back to New York because I started doing comedy. But I also lived in uh, Denver for a little while in between there. And so I moved back to New York for comedy, and then I actually moved to Sacramento for a few months because I had an aunt that was like, oh, I need help with some stuff. And then turned out she was like a junkie and a gambler and stole all my money. So instead of moving back to New York, I took the Greyhound to L.A. and like scraped out a life and now, you know, just basically rebuilt. I was like, hey, thanks for fucking everything. Oh, bad words on the radio. I'm sorry. I got emotionally elevated. She ripped me off. I'm like, when you're a comic, do you know how hard it is to get a savings? I'm like, I have savings. I have a small savings, and then she took everything. So I, I literally hobbled into L.A. I, I can only imagine this the scene of, like, uh, Welcome to the Jungle for the Guns N' Roses where Alex steps off the bus, and where do I go now? Um, and the whole, first, when I got there, everyone kept saying, Welcome to Hollywood. Like, I'd be like, some guy just ran by and tried to take my hair, and they're like, well, welcome to Hollywood. And I'm like, no, don't, no, you can't just welcome to Hollywood it. You know, like people always go, only in New York, you know, but it's like, oh my goodness, I saw a Broadway show, met a celebrity and had the best pickle I ever had. And they're like, only in New York. And in Hollywood, they're like, I was supposed to move in. They changed their mind at the last minute, but then asked me if I wanted to have drinks. Yeah. Welcome to Hollywood. I'm like, no, don't welcome to Hollywood me. So that's where you landed was in Hollywood? I mean, like you took the Greyhound bus and that's where it stopped? I took the Greyhound bus to Salinas, which is farm country where my friend Sexy Jesus, who is so hot but also a vegan, which is a deal breaker, uh, drove me to L.A. and dropped me off with some friends from Alaska that live in Playa del Rey. And then I tried to just make a life. I ended up living in like a flop house for a while. And like uh, some guy lived under the kitchen table. I had to take my dog on stage because I couldn't leave her there because like, all I had was a corner of the living room. There was no toilet seat in that apartment. It was weird. So Lily's been traveling with you for how long? Uh, 12 and a half years. She's been with Mama since she was only five weeks old. So. And you've been doing comedy for about 12 years, right? Uh, I've been doing, it'll be 12 years in January. So, yeah. Ah, so dog and comedy come together at the same time almost. Yeah, it's like I started doing comedy right after I got her, and I was like, what did I get a dog for if I was going to be like a con? And so uh, we had to figure out how to make that work. Because, you know, obviously I was, I was committed to this whole dog thing. <laughs> this is my kid. So, yeah, so we had to get a p bunch of paperwork to get her into Canada. 
Really? Yeah. Did you even think about that when you flew her out? I, I did, but in the U.S. it's so easy. Um, and when you drive into Canada, all they need is a rabies vaccination. But if you're, because my ticket was purchased by the festival within Canada, I have to follow Canada's laws. So I had to prove that she was specially trained by a professional, and it was... Oh, interesting. I, well, yeah, America's easy to get uh, dogs into. Them and uh, immigrant Mexican kids. Yeah, apparently. Apparently. I hear those immigrants aren't Mexican. I heard they're mostly Central American. Right. That's word on the street. I also hear that they're going to be sending them from Texas to Marietta, where I have some gigs coming up uh, my birthday weekend in September, the end of September, September 19th and 20th. And um, I was like, hey, you guys, it's my birthday weekend. I stay at a comfort in there that lets me swim in the pool in the middle of the night. And they were like, we're not going because that's where they're taking it. And there's going to be protesters and all. And I'm like, well, I'm going to tell dick jokes if that helps at all. If that's an attractive prospect to you guys. So it should be interesting. I should get a firsthand look at what's actually going on. So I have a lot of people be like, oh, my God, people are so racist. They don't want immigration. And I'm like, I don't. I don't know if it's racist. I mean, some of them I think are definitely racist. But I think that the idea of thinking immigration should be at least a little bit regulated and something. My thing is this: make them taxable. You know, make some kind of resident alien situation where while they're earning citizenship or becoming eligible for it, they have a tax ID number so they can go to school, work, and pay taxes. Like it's that simple. I mean, they're human beings for heaven's sake. And most people's complaint isn't, oh, they're they're Mexican or Central American. The complaint is. They come, they don't contribute because we don't allow them to, and they t get benefits because our system is set up so that a resident has to jump through more hoops than an illegal alien does to get benefits. So just fix the system. How hard is it to go, all right, you're not a citizen yet, so we're not going to give you a social security number, but here's your tax ID number. Get a job to prove you want to be a citizen. Go to school, send your kids to school, and for the love of Pete, get some condoms. <laughs> You know, give them a tax ID number and some condoms. And what the heck? You know, stop whining about the welfare system and just change it. That's, that's, it is as simple as that, but people are afraid to do it. Well, and I think a lot, what a lot of people don't realize, too, they're like, they're like, well, why can't they just fix their own country? And they don't realize we have American troops all over Central America and everywhere fighting the drug lords and everyone else and trying to improve the situation. And it's, it's brutal down there. You know, it's like they come to your house and they're like, hey, you better smuggle these drugs or we're going to murder your whole family. And what the crap are you going to do about it in the middle of the jungle? And so we try to improve that situation. And meanwhile, we're making our situation worse by resisting this whole idea. And my thing is this. If you tax churches, <laughs> just on another subject, but tax churches and give uh, people that you're giving amnesty to a tax ID number so that they can find gainful employment while also contributing to the system that supports all of us, then great. Haley Boyle for president. Hey, hey four more years. Wait. Four more years. But you've inhaled. Oh, you know it. Dude, I'm, look at my shirt. I'm dope. <laughs> nice. I have inhaled, but hopefully someday in this country, uh, or we're in Canada, hopefully someday in the U.S., people will stop being so ridiculous. I'm like, meanwhile, you can swill whiskey all day and smoke all the cigarettes you want, but God forbid you smoke some marijuana that might cure cancer or fix other health or anxiety problems. You're considered a pariah. And, yeah. um, but, you know, little by little, obviously, times are changing. I mean, I live in California. I have a marijuana prescription. A lot of my friends have recently uh, become refugees of Colorado because they're like, we're going to the motherland, you know? Uh, so little by little, little by little. I was in Colorado on, uh, last Saturday, and apparently when they legalize recreational marijuana, they still have medicinal marijuana. Did you know that? 
Wait, what? Like you can still get a prescription? Yeah. In fact, the the medical marijuana is a lot more potent than the actual recreational. Here's what, I think that's actually perfectly fair because I I actually have PTSD, and so Lillian's technically a service animal. And as someone who has like valid need for medical marijuana, all that stuff, I sometimes get rather offended by people who act like it's all just a scam to get high. Do I love to get high? You bet your butt. I love it. But without my medical marijuana, I have some very severe mental illness issues. I'm not going to sleep. I'm going to have night terrors if I do. You know, bad stuff happens. And so when people act like, oh, your stash, when I'm referring to my meds, I'm annoyed by that. So I can understand still having a medical marijuana situation because especially if you have friends, family, coworkers that look down on marijuana as a recreational drug and you need it as your medication, I think it's an important thing to be able to validly say, no, this is, has medical properties. It's been proven throughout history and throughout science. And I am using it in a medical capacity. So don't call me a stoner, although I am. <laughs> you can call me a stoner all day long, but I'm glad that they still have the medical status. Yeah, yeah. It's important to people. If you're going to be treated like, you know, you are disabled or whatever, if you need to have it, you have the right to have the dignity and respect of having it be a valid medical requirement. It's changing the minds of people. They're, they're so antiquated with their mentality of what, you know, this is bad, even though they have know nothing about it. They're not educated on it. They've never been on, they've never been on it, so they just well, judge their, they base their judgments on hearsay. Well, that's the thing. If you're, if you're going to be judging it poorly, then you have to be ignorant. Because with even the smallest amount of scientific education about it, you have to know that it's, it's, I mean, it's safer than ibuprofen, for heaven's sake. Like, it just doesn't make sense. No one's ever, ever died from it. No lab animals ever died from it. They've found that they can give them huge amounts and knock them out, and they take really peaceful naps. And when they wake up, their sperms are perfectly motile. Uh, so you have to be fairly uneducated. I know that there's people that have had bad experiences. They can be laced, which is another reason it's good to have a, a regulated dispensary situation. So especially if you're more vulnerable, your immune system's more vulnerable. If you're sick, you can get safe meds. Um, but, you know, sometimes people have a bad experience. They're like, well, that wacky stuff. I had a woman tell me the other day, I have back problems, I can't sleep, and I need all this stuff. And I was like, why don't you try medical marijuana? She goes, well, I did, and it didn't go well. And I was like, well, what happened? And she said, well, my friend gave me a brownie, and she told me to only eat a quarter of it. But I ate the whole thing, and I thought I was dying, and my daughter had to talk. And I was like, let me stop you right there. She gave you a recommended dosage. You exceeded it by you took four times the recommended dosage and then were actually fine but thought maybe you weren't. Is that what you're telling me? And she was like, well, yeah. And I was like, okay then. If you're going to whine about the side effects of your painkillers and sleep meds, maybe you should just cut that brownie into four pieces and put three of them away. Because it sounds like the medical marijuana actually worked really well, but because you weren't prepared for the dosage you took, you decided it went poorly. And she was like, well, I slept for so long. And I'm like, yeah, wasn't that your complaint that you couldn't fall asleep and stay asleep because of your back pain? But you did, didn't you? I wanted to, sh I was like, I love you, Barbie. <laughs> but you just basically told me that medical marijuana worked really well for you. Of all the uh, rules. I and mean, that's right. When you get the guidelines, someone gives you like, you only take this or this, you do that. And then you got to figure it out. Do you smell dog fart right now? Because I smell dog fart. No, I might be up wind, thankfully. I'm a smell psychic. I smell everything. <laughs> it's a curse and a blessing. Because sometimes I'm like, I smell chowder. And everyone else is like, you're so lucky. <laughs> so lucky. It was a silent but deadly one, though. <laughs> it was. It generally, every now and then she gets one of those. 
You get to hear it? And then she looks around like, who did that? <laughs> She's blaming you. She's like, who's touching my hiney? No one's touching your hiney, Lillian. Uh, Haley Boyle. You want to give a website out? Um, well, follow me on Twitter, at Haley Butter. It's H-A-I-L-E-Y-B-U-T-T-E-R. Um, I do have HaleyBoyle.com, although I manage it myself. So sometimes you can see it and sometimes you can't, and I don't know why. August 23rd and 20, 22nd and 23rd at the Comedy Spot in Old Town Scottsdale, thecomedyspot.net. And uh, you are just going to bring it, aren't you? Yeah, and you guys should bring me some weed and candy. <laughs> well, yes, we'll, we'll do our best. That's a mission for people out there to listen. I can't, I got to, you know, separate myself from that side, I guess, right? What do you mean? I'm just kidding. <laughs> are you saying that you're looking down on me for using medical marijuana? No, no, I have a medical marijuana card. Well, then you better bring me some weed because mine is expired right now and I'm traveling a lot right now and I don't know when I can get it renewed. All right, I will do that for you. Thank you so much, Haley. I appreciate it. You guys, you're awesome. I much, much appreciate it. All right, you're driving with gas. We're going to continue on from Just for Laughs. Don't forget, fillmytank.org is the website to uh, help me get back home. You can buy a gallon of gas, quarter <laughs> tank, half tank, full tank. Uh, you got a business package, and we got some charities involved. Of course, KWSS Radio is a nonprofit station, and uh, the Madison Street Veterans Association, it's Veterans for Veterans, helping homeless and hungry vets get the help and care they need. That's what we're trying to do, raise some money for that. So let's all chip in and uh, get me home. <laughs> I love raising money for vets. Yeah, I remember you talking about that because you've been homeless. I've, I've been homeless, and I feel like a lot of people don't realize how many of the homeless people they pass by every day and are rude to are actually veterans of a war who have actually put their life on their line to defend the freedom of other Americans. And people are like, oh, he's all, he's being a jerk. He doesn't want, and I'm like, he lives on the street now after watching his friends die in the battlefield because our country is messed up. He's allowed to be cranky. Suck it up, show some respect, show some humanity, and pitch in. Yeah, the the, uh, the post-duty uh, soldiers are just, they're not taken care of real well. The only ones that are taken care of are the ones that come home and surprise their wife or kids at school. Little by little, the system is improving with baby steps. Uh, the VA hospitals have a more coordinated uh, computer system now where they can cross-reference, give better quality of care. And there are programs available that a lot of vets don't know about. There's a lot of places now where you can go to get housing, to get all the medical treatment. The system is improving. Their awareness isn't there. So they don't know that they can go in and get the care that they need. It's, and it's frightening as well, especially if you've been on the street and if you're struggling with addiction issues, to go in and feel like you're giving you know, information to the government um, but they are there to help, and there are, um, you know, there's Veterans of America, um, there's Comics That Care, um, there's, there's lots of programs now, and I, ho I wish that, you know, more people were aware that there is more help for veterans, but we do still need to improve the system, and we need to improve the attitude of the public. People need to be a little more grateful. That's, that's exactly it right there. There's no reason why any soldier should be homeless and hungry. No, and, and even if a homeless person isn't a soldier, they are still a human being. And to treat them like they're some sort of subspecies or worth less than you are because they don't have the money you do, remember that that can happen to anyone. And you might think that they brought it on themselves, but you don't know. Maybe they didn't have renter's insurance. One little thing goes wrong, you don't have the system in place to back it up, and bam, how do you get back from being homeless? It took me two years, sober and cute in my 20s two years to get back into a house so you know don't underestimate it treat them like people Lend a little humanity it's the song what it's like from everlast man you know just don't judge you know just help is basically all he needs yeah. you can't know someone's whole story no matter how much you think you can tell by looking you can't know so Haley thank you so much you. right on it's Haley Boyle and uh, what a great girl she is very funny Haley Butter by the way on Twitter H-A-I-L-E-Y B-U-T-T-R follow her on Twitter and uh 
like her. <laughs> right right now, you're going global with Gas Man. We're hanging out with you until 3, so that's coming up very soon. Uh, I might dip out a little early, but I'm going to play some tunes for you. This is one of the bands that put me up in Denver, Colorado, when I was traveling through, and I had a great night with those guys. So it was the Saturday, my first Saturday on the road, on my way to Montreal. They had me over there in Denver, Colorado, and they were just an amazing group of guys. Had a very interesting conversation with them all about their medical marijuana and their recreational marijuana. It was a good time. Uh, I do believe I have a video of that up online, so if you want to find that on my YouTube page, Radio Gas is the YouTube page. There's uh, two S's there on gas, so Radio Gas is one word. Look that up on YouTube, and then you'll be able to see some of the videos that I put up through my uh, trip from uh, Phoenix to Montreal and back. So check that out while you uh, rock out, because we're going to step up and and uh, step on the metal pedal. I should say the metal pedal with Flood of Souls. These guys are really making a lot of waves, man. They are headed down to California to perform on the Queen Mary, which is very cool. That's coming up next week. So take a liking if you can with them. Flood of Souls is the band. Whirlwind is the tune. It's one of the first songs I played in my car on my way to Montreal.
go. Some more metal for you. Crimson Storm with Storm Rider from right here in Phoenix, Arizona, as we broadcast from your voiceamerica.com variety channel. Going global with Gas Man is what this program is called. Saturdays from 1 to 3 p.m. Pacific time. And we will be back next Saturday as well. Uh, you know, I was talking about, I was looking at the uh, online stories and stuff like that. Phil Robertson from Duck Hunters or Duck Dynasty is uh, talking some smack about the ISIS people, you know, the ISIS terrorist group, which, by the way, just threatened Russia, too. So talk about isolating themselves. Uh, I think Russia isn't going to stand for too much of that stuff. Hopefully they'll help eradicate that problem. But Phil Robinson said, well, you know, either uh, convert them or kill them is what he said. And I'm thinking, really? All right. Well, I mean, you're, not, you're never going to convert them. And in fact, that's what they want to do with us. Right? Don't they want us to be converted? So you're thinking, well, we got to convert them. Look, that's not going to work, man. I think what we should do is that every time ISIS gets a hostage, I think what we need to do is uh, trade them for a reality show star. I think that might work out really well. I mean, he already has the beard. He'll fit right in. I'm just saying. All right. Well, let's play some more tunes. We'll finish up this show. Quiet is the name of the song. Vex is the band. It's V-E-X. Check them out if you can. They have an amazing video and a great album called Vitriolum. So this one is on it. This was also some more music on my trip out to Montreal. So take a listen to this. We'll be back. You're going global with Gas Man. We're broadcasting live Oops, from the Montreal Just for Last Festival. That's my bad. It was <laughs> always a mess up every day. <laughs>
here on going global with gas man that's gonna do it for me i'm out of here uh it's been a tough show for me just because you know i ended a nine-year relationship with my radio show yesterday and it's just i don't know man it's been a tough one today so thank you for bearing with me and i'm gonna leave you with a band called huckleberry and these guys are really chill really uh amazing group of guys too from phoenix arizona check them out if you can we'll be back next week and we'll uh spice thing we'll spice things back up again as uh i had set to Wrap my head around what I just did yesterday, but uh, nine years of the radio, and now I'm uh, just doing the podcast thing right here on voiceamerica.com, which I absolutely love, and uh, flying solo today, so next week I will have some friends join me, and we'll do it all again for a couple hours for you guys out there, and again, if you have any bands that you want to hear on the show, we are music, comedy, and life is what this show is all about, so Kevin at Kate, uh, <laughs> get my old address about, uh, Kevin at with gas. Dot com. There's two S's there, with gas. Kevin at withgas.com is my email address. And uh, send them to me. What, what do you want to hear on this program? I'll be happy to help them out and support them, maybe even get them on the show for an interview. And if anybody else wants to be interviewed on the show, well, you can email me as well. Got a product, got something you want to say, uh, let me know, and we'll make something happen that way. All right, well, we're going to sail away with Huckleberry is the name of the tune. It's a nice, chill song. That's exactly four minutes and 20 seconds long. Go figure. Have a good night, everyone.
Keep it.